This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marsh and talking some college basketball, the Saturday card, and we'll sprinkle in a Sunday uh, game as well. And, you know, Bruce, before we get into the picks, it's also the last year of the SEC Big 12 Challenge with uh, the SEC poaching the Big 12 for a couple of teams. And so uh, they'll shift and they'll go to the uh, other a geographical uh, bordered uh, conference, and it'll be SEC ACC challenge next year. Yeah, it will be, and that'll start on, that'll start next year. Th- this has been good though for college hoops. I think the last uh, few years uh, to get these intersectionals right in the middle of the season. It's it's the closest thing I think to a preview of um, of the big dance that we will get. Um, you know, I sort of missed the old bracket busters, and that was more for mid-majors several years ago. And I thought that was sort of a nice mid-season break. But this is a nice mid-season break too. And every year we got good matchups here. I'll sort of miss the Big Twelve not being involved, but I think the ACC will step in very nicely for the uh, Big Twelve next year. Yeah, great, man. Uh, I think it's a kind of a, a a nice little switch in the middle of conference play against these two big teams. And and man, the um. You know, a lot of the arenas are, are really popping. I was at the LSU-Oklahoma game with Ben Simmons' Buddy Heald game. It, it was, I mean, a great oh, atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, just tremendous. Yeah. You know, buddy Brent Musburger was doing the play-by-play. We interviewed him when he came down. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to miss it a little bit uh, as well. But no debating this year. The Big 12 is the team. I mean, the conference this year. It is unbelievably good. Uh, this year let's get to your picks Bruce and then we'll get to some of the high profile games as well and let's start off in the Big East and you know I I always like to kind of handicap you know a team or program playing below their branding Butler has been good so long Um, I've been just fading them left and right Sunday played double digits 13 and a half uh, you know with uh, with UConn 30 point win 30-35 point win. Last night, Butler opened up about a six-point uh, lead early. I had Providence. At halftime, it was 10. They go on to uh, route them as well. The Butler way is really struggling uh, this year. Thad Mata, too, a uh, highly successful coach, you know, through uh, Xavier and Ohio State. But Seton all here, going to Indianapolis, taking on Butler, projecting this line to be right at a pick em. Yeah, Butler has really struggled, and uh, Thad uh, Mata, he actually coached there very briefly earlier and played there, so uh, uh, he's coming back home, but uh, he had to take Laval Jordan's place, but he's got some of the same problems with the roster that Jordan had last year. They're not very deep. 
Uh, Chuck Harris was the only full-time starter he had returning this season. Uh, uh, Manny Bates' center just came back after missing a couple of weeks, but he was very ineffective the other night against Providence. You mentioned some of those score lines. I mean, their last eight losses have all been by 16 points or more including uh, 21 the other night to Providence. You mentioned the 30 on the weekend against uh, UConn. So it's getting worse uh, for, for Butler. Now, one of the losses they had big was against Seton Hall uh, a few weeks ago, 76-61 in Newark. You know, the Big East has kind of uh, uh, developed different uh, uh, levels this year. And we know the top teams, the, the Marquettes, the Providences, and, and them, and Xavier's. Uh, we'll get to talking about some of those in a minute. The bottom tier uh, definitely includes Butler now with uh, DePaul and Georgetown, and Seton Hall somewhere in the middle. Seton Hall has proven it can go and beat these teams at the bottom. Like we said, destroyed uh, Butler the first time, went on the road and beat DePaul and Georgetown. Uh, new coach Shaheen Holloway, of course, he's an ex-Seton Hall player. He had that magic run as a coach last year at St. Peter's. Uh, nice transfer portal addition, Alamir Dawes, who's actually a Newark native, came back up from uh, Clemson. He's really delivered in the backcourt. And it looks to me like this is the, these sort of teams Seton Hall's proven it can beat. And although it's a little revenge spot for Butler from the first time, I don't see but- Butler's getting worse before it's getting better. Seton Hall's played uh, fairly competitively of late. I think they can go in here on the road and win. Like I said, they won it, but they won it to Paul. They won it Georgetown. I think they'll win this game. So let's go with Seton Hall here and let's keep riding against Butler until further notice. Uh, you may have to lay a couple of points in this yeah. one after Butler again um, on uh, you know the second half of that FS1 Wednesday yes. night doubleheader. Which you range, Bruce? How many would you be willing to lay in this matchup? Oh, well, well, I'd go up to four or five, okay. and I think you, I think you probably will have to lay a little bit here with the Seton Hall after that game last night. I don't know who's betting Butler now. I'm sure not. No, no, you're right about that. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, public support for Butler right now. All right, uh, UNLV and Nevada in. You were in Reno for a while when, uh, earlier this week, and uh, UNLV, this is a 10 p.m. Eastern tip, late tip on CBS Sports Channel uh, in, uh, in Las Vegas. UNLV projected to be a couple of points favored here. Yeah, and uh, UNLV turned things around the other night with a win, much-needed win over uh, Wyoming, and you mentioned that the Nevada game where I was the other night on, on Monday. It was, it was one of the best games I've seen all year, and double overtime, Nevada finally got them. They trailed by five in the first overtime and came back. Uh, but what Steve Alford has done this year, he really had some chemistry issues last year. Brahma, the transfer from Robert Morris, ended up getting thrown off the team early in the season. Just a lot of selfishness last year on that team, and Steve Alford, uh, he didn't stand in the way of a lot of those guys leaving via the portal, and so they had a lot more outflow than inflow in the portal. But I think Alford looked at the chemistry issue and thought that Jared Lucas from Oregon State would be a great fit in the backcourt, and he has been. And this is a great partnership he has with 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 Keenan Blackshear, former transfer from Florida Atlantic in the backcourt, who is a real slasher, can get to the rim, and Lucas Great quarterback out there on top. He can shoot. He's a great free-throw shooter, too. Will Baker, the seven-foot transfer from Texas a couple of years ago, is much improved, and he's giving Nevada. He can actually float out to the perimeter, too. So they're, they're balancing the floor very well. Balancing the floor, that's something UNLV is not doing. And it's something they can't do because they don't have any inside players, Jimmy. Kevin Kruger, uh, nice job in the portal. I mean, th- this is where UNLV is going to live. Uh, for the next few years and he has shown an ability to go out and get these guys from the portal like Rodriguez from Ole Miss, Harkless from Oklahoma, a lot of transfers coming in here on the perimeter. They get nothing inside 
And whereas Nevada can make you defend the whole floor uh, because of a guy like Baker, um, UNLV doesn't have that. And that's why they've been slumping lately. And uh, that broke a losing streak on uh, on uh, the other night, um, Wednesday night against uh, uh, Tuesday night against Wyoming. I think Nevada's going to get them here. They're a borderline tournament team. And uh, they have played out on the road. And like I said, they balance the floor and UNLV doesn't. So uh, Nevada... Uh, this game, this game could be maybe even at a, at a pick'em, but I'd even lay a couple points with Nevada. Okay. I think you're going to probably you're going to probably get a couple from the odds makers. Okay, uh, up to uh, laying a point or two uh, in that matchup. Again, that's a, t- a late tip off on CBS Sports Channel, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, at the same time, uh, tipping off in the Bay Area in um, in Palo Alto, uh, Bruce's favorite place to visit on ESPNU, Stanford. Uh, we're looking at a big number here, Brucey. 15 over the Cow Bears. Casey Jacobson and Jason Kidd are gone from this one. The game, who are we looking at? Yeah, uh, well, you know, if you notice Stanford, they, they snuck a game in there midweek against Chicago State, which I'm sure Stanford didn't want to play, and they, they kind of went through the motions. But they came – they do have a three-game win streak right now, and I'm looking more at the games last weekend against the Oregon schools. They looked really good, and all of a sudden it started to click for Jared Haas, who needs wins right now. Uh, he's uh, made a little lineup switch here. Michael Jones, the transfer from Davidson. Uh, you don't get many transfers coming into Stanford, by the way. This is kind of rare. Uh, but he was about a 42% three-point shooter the last two years in the uh, A-10. I, I mean, he'd been shooting about 27% uh, this year until about two weeks ago. And all of a sudden, he started to hit. And he hit five of eight over those two games against the Oregon schools. It looks like he's warming up a bit. Spencer Jones, Ingram. And the defense, they've got some length there, and they really can can lock you down inside, and that's we saw Oregon have a lot of trouble with them last Saturday. Now, uh, Cal, okay, revenge. I don't know how on earth Cal scored 92 points last month against Stanford in the first meeting, but it did. Uh, embarrassing uh, for Stanford to get beat like that, 92 to 70. So there's big revenge. These schools hate each other enough as it is, so you've got revenge here. And since then, it has gone bad for Cal. Now, Devin Askew, the Texas transfer, did show up again. Uh, but uh, they I, I'm surprised Mark Fox didn't get fired after the Oregon State game uh, on, uh, on Sunday. That was an awful effort. Cal's only won three times this year. Though in, in Fox's defense, I think this is the one program. And it happened in football, too. COVID wrecked Cal as much as any program in the country, football and basketball, too. They didn't have anywhere to practice for a year and a half. Their weight room was closed, all that. So blame it on Berkeley if you want. But that's the way it is. Cal doesn't have much going for it right now. Stanford and Revenge, they're on the uptick here. Haas is coaching for his job. I I think that ship is sealed for Fox. They'll probably make a change after the season. So I will lay it with Stanford. I might look under too because i'm not sure cal even gets to 50 here so and and i think this total is going to probably be somewhere in the you know around one in the low 130s because that first game went pretty high uh it's maybe an under two but i'll lay it with stanford i, I think they're just going to lay it on cal like they love to do when they have a chance i uh, i laid a similar a double digit number in against a bad team who was struggling but in a revenge spot and that was lsu arkansas uh, on Tuesday night. And so, uh, you know, LSU is really struggling, especially on the offensive end, but it was a revenge spot. And, I mean, it was a 24-point lead at halftime as uh, they cruised to a 20-point win. So, similar situation. when You know, bad teams, sometimes teams can coast, 
but not in a revenge spot uh, at the college level. Bruce, you're looking at one on Sunday. This is an early start before the games, uh, the football games get started. A noon tip-off in uh, in uh, Philadelphia. Villanova against Providence. Um, looking at right around a pick'em uh, for this one. Providence uh, won and covered on Wednesday night against the, the previously mentioned uh, Butler Bulldogs. Um who you like uh, in this one? It's going to be a, a very tight game in Philadelphia yeah. on Sunday. Uh, Providence here, a great point spread, Mark. I think it's 12-2 and two the last 14 now for, for Ed Cooley. Uh, this is one of the more – I don't want to say underrated because uh, everybody knows Cooley is a big-time coach, but the fact he doesn't seem to want to leave Providence is a real plus uh, for, the pro, for the Friars there. And, you know, he's able to go out into the, into the portal and immediately find some help. Uh, Devin Carter was at South Carolina last year, uh, uh, from, from Kentucky. I mean, he's got guys who come in and he plugs right in. Now, that team really got decimated by graduation after last year. Uh, but they, they, they're playing at a little faster pace because they don't have to worry about Watson down on the blocks last year to get him involved in the offense. He's a real post threat. They don't necessarily have that this year, but it's not a bad thing because they're playing small ball a little bit better. Now, now, now we're talking about uh, Villanova on the other side here. It's been a tough breakthrough season for Kyle Neptune. Uh, Justin Moore, their best player, who got hurt in that Elite Eight game against uh, Houston last year, uh, still on the men from that Achilles uh, tendon tear. That's been a bad break for him. Cam Whitmore, that very touted freshman coming in, they thought would dominate. It's He really hasn't thus far. And they did beat St. John's the other week, but they really slowed the pace down in that game. <clears throat> I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Providence. This is a better team. This is a Sweet 16 caliber team uh, like they were last year with a different cast of characters. So hats off to uh, Ed Cooley there. Providence, I, I would lay up to a few points here, though the odds makers seem to be having a lot of respect for Villanova because of that name. They're just not playing good enough to warrant it. So yeah, Providence I, I, for me. Sunday. Yeah, Providence is a better team this year. Uh, eight and two in conference play in the Big East, and their only two losses by six and eight points at Omaha and Milwaukee. Nothing to be ashamed about uh, there. Those two clubs are definitely better than Villanova this year. All right, some high-profile games. Another one in the Big East. Boy, Xavier, this was going to be interesting for the uh, the top team in the Big East standings. The Muskies going to going to UConn. Boy, blow, uh, blew open to a double-digit lead as much as 17 and then held on to win by three uh, on Wednesday night against uh, against UConn. Now they go to Omaha. Creighton destroyed St. John's at home. This is a team that was really good in uh, Maui, then hit that six-game losing streak. Now they're back uh, hitting in stride. Uh, we're looking around a four-five type of uh, point spread. This is an early game, twelve-fifteen tip on CBS on uh, on Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Creighton's one of these teams. You look at that record, and I'll, I'll play like the selection committee is going to do it. They're going to dismiss most of those losses. I'll tell you why because Cal- Ryan Calcbrenner, the big kid, was out for much of December, and that's when they started to lose some games. Uh, when he came back. They, they, they started to rally. Remember, back in November and back in Maui, they looked really good. And they got to the final there and back and forth against Arizona, lost that game by two. So that was no 
no knock on uh, Creighton. Then, uh, but then they did start to lose some games. But Calc Brenner is out. The committee will excuse a team without its best player if it lost some games, if that player comes back and the team starts to play better. And that's exactly what Creighton's doing right now. That's why in my brackets, uh, Joe Lenardi's and others, we've got Creighton in there, even though with that record. So uh, Creighton, uh, that's probably the high end. I've given you the spread there. It might be a little lower because Xavier's so good. Xavier's a threat for the final four. Uh, they've got four guys scoring 14 points per game or more. That is good balance. Double bigs with Fremantle and Nunge. Uh, Sean Miller has returned, uh, and he's done a great job, and he really good. picked a jackpot out of the portal. Osali Boom, who was a good scorer at USF, that's San Francisco, USF, and yeah. UTEP the last few years. Uh, boy, he has added something to these guys. And they won the NIT last year, so they, they know how to play uh, with much of the same roster. Uh so I'm going to go with Xavier, but I'm also going to look over here. Look at some of the, and you're going to probably get a total in the low 150s, um, like we saw with uh, Connecticut the other night. You're seeing some of these better Big East teams that can really push the pace and can really score. And these two, these are two of them here. And these low, these low mid 150s totals are not high enough for some of these teams. So I think this one goes over. Maybe the best game of the weekend. Uh, certainly in the Big East, uh, a little bit to Xavier and a little bit stronger to the over in this one. It's a rematch uh, in Cincinnati, and it's the only since Creighton has gotten at full strength uh, a close loss, a close loss uh, by three uh, at yeah. Xavier, and also uh, you know a, a nine point loss at uh, UConn. Nothing to be ashamed of there. A little bit of a revenge spot here. I'm kind of liking Creighton uh, a little bit uh, in this one, so uh, kind of getting back at full strength. And uh, a little bit alarmed how Xavier blew that lead, that 17-point lead. It's held on to win, but uh, just, just the, I think before, before uh, taking that, uh, they would gladly take a, um, take a split. But Sean Miller's, he's good. He's good. I mean, hey, oh, he cheated. Oh, this just in. They cheat in college basketball. Really? Oh, no, no freaking kid. All right, let's move on to the SEC Big 12 channel, uh, Challenge. Uh, Bama and Oklahoma is going to be about six. That'll be interesting to see how Bama, they kind of were a little bit disinterested for most of the game against Mississippi State. They rallied to win, but they did not cover. Uh, that's at 1 o'clock, but, uh, 2 o'clock uh, Eastern tip. But let's go to the other three in a row on ESPN. We start at 4 o'clock Eastern. These are all on ESPN. Baylor and Arkansas. This was, a, I guess, what, two years ago when Baylor just destroyed everybody. Arkansas gave them their toughest game. That was a tight game. And, you know, Musselman and back-to-back years, but – he missed that uh, one-two score and punch. Nick Smith and the other kid that's injured, uh, they can defend, but they really don't have quite what they need on the offensive end. Um, a couple of home wins against LSU and Ole Miss. Eh, I mean, I don't know how excited we're supposed to get on that. Baylor took care of business against Kansas on Monday night. They're going to be around a six-point favorite at home in Waco. Yeah, Baylor started to pick up the pace here. Five straight wins, and after they were wobbling a little bit, so it looks like they're back on course. This is probably a four to five seed, I think, right now, if you look at it uh, on Selection Sunday. Arkansas is sort of more interesting to me here because, like you mentioned, I mean, uh, Nick Smith, I mean, this supposedly, a lot of people thought he was the top recruit in the country. Has one and done written all over him. Uh, How about a half and done they'll take right now, Bruce? I, they would take. They would take a half. And like I like we mentioned before, he, he's the <laughs> this year's uh, example of James Wiseman. A couple of years ago at Memphis, taught, most taught a guy in the country already of a four or five game college career because of injuries, and then he went on to Michael the Porter Jr. 
Michael Porter Jr. There we go. Uh, and so this might be the next one of those. Now, Anthony Black, another freshman. And this is, you know, must sort of went into the uh, – for freshmen this year, a little bit more than the portal. He, he did get some transfers in there. Uh, Black uh, has, has played better. Ricky Council uh, uh, giving him some good work out of uh, Wichita State. But I'm, I'm wondering, these last few games, I always look for a Musselman team every year, Jimmy, to, to go on one of these runs. And, and I'm looking for the game that might be the trigger. And I, I just like you, I wonder, these wins over LSU and Ole Miss, is that enough of a trigger? I'm not sure. But they have sort of turned this battleship around in the Arkansas River here. And they are starting to win some games. And they're also going under almost every game lately now. So, yeah. uh, And that might have something to do with the offense missing that one piece that they were expecting, and that was Smith. So my first call here is going to be under, and I think you're going to get a healthy total up there, you know, maybe around 140 or so. And I don't think it'll get that high. I don't think the scoreline is going to get that high. And I'd be a little afraid to go against Arkansas right now, just in case they are they have turned it around and we have seen what Musselman can do on these streaks in the past. Baylor is good, uh, but I think the under is probably the way to look in this game. So that's the way I'm going to recommend it first. And it would be any, anything up to the one low 140s. Uh, I'd go under those totals. Okay, round up 140, uh, Bruce, looking at the total under in that one. Uh, the next game after that on ESPN, 6 o'clock Eastern tip, Tennessee and Texas. And uh, Tennessee going to be about a seven-point favorite at home against the uh, Texas Longhorns. Yeah, Tennessee is awfully good. And uh, so, I mean, so well-balanced there. And Rick Barnes has got the bench, and he's got – the role players, I mean, Vescovi is really good. Uh, these teams are both 17-3, and three, and we know Tennessee is good. Texas is a little bit more of the intrigue, of course, because what went on with Chris Beard there? Uh, now, uh, he's out. Rodney Terry is top assistant. Terry has been a head coach in the past and didn't do badly uh, at Fresno and UTEP and then, had a, and then had a chance to move over here as the top assistant. Now, I, I think it's a long shot that he gets this job on a permanent basis, but he is also auditioning himself, uh, Jimmy. Uh, Terry could very well end up at a good spot next year as a head coach. Um, it's taken a little while. Now, Texas is 17-3-2, so I shouldn't knock them uh, too much, but you know the guards that they got uh, through the portal, and Serge Jabari Rice came from New Mexico State, Tyrese Hunter over from Iowa State. I thought that was a really good get in the uh, in the offseason sure. for Texas. Hunter Hunter has been a little bit more up and down than I think they wanted, but lately we've been seeing him come through, and all of a sudden he and Rice are starting to play better together. And we know what Marcus Carr and Allen, previous transfers, Minnesota and Utah respectively, can do. So they are plenty dangerous here. And there have been nights when I thought Texas looked like the best team in the country, Jimmy, like that Gonzaga game earlier. Uh, and they're, they're in a nice little role here right now. Oklahoma State, nice win. And they took out um, uh, one at West Virginia before that, which is never easy to do. So I'm kind of thinking Texas will hang around in this game. And um, there's, a, there's a chance they could make this thing very, very interesting. They got a lot of offense, too. So even if they down 11-12, you know, they can come back and get inside – the number, but I don't think they're going to fall that far behind. I, I think Texas is a worthy team, and this this is a team. This is a Sweet Sixteen or better sort of team. Uh, this is a matchup we could also see in March too. So I'll take Texas. Uh, it's a premier matchup uh, of this final SEC yep. Big Twelve uh, Big Twelve Challenge. I mean, Kentucky and uh, Kansas are not in the top ten like both of these teams are. Not just the rankings, uh, but Texas has has managed better than I thought. Uh, losing Chris Beard, I think Chris Beard. As good as it gets, 
you know, as far as getting the most out of his roster. And then, Bruce, he, he had a great recruiting class. He managed to get a lot of returning players, impact players. And then the transfer portal. Well, that's the three-pronged attack of, of roster, you know, roster development. They also showed, like you said, in Morgantown against West Virginia, that they went on the road. They're 3-1 and one on the road in uh, Big 12 play. Only loss was at Ames against Iowa State. They've won in Stillwater, won in Norman, and in Morgantown. So they can handle this crowd in Thompson Bowling as well. So, yeah, I was ready to fade Texas. I mean, well, right from the jump, I, I thought it was going to be, you know, a cliff fall. And it seemed to be when they gave up 116 in regulation against Kansas State. Kansas State, right. You know, but Kansas State did have a pretty good night from the three-point range in that game. <laughs> Shot like 75% or whatever it, yeah. whatever it was. I exaggerate a little bit, but not much. All right, uh, the the last one uh, on the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge, the last this year. We go to Rupp Arena, the Blue Bloods, Kansas and Kentucky – Two or three point favorites. Kentucky has dug their claws in defensively because they don't have great perimeter shooting and they are kind of getting things done, you know, and it starts on the defensive uh, side of the floor for uh, Coach Cal's Cats. Yeah. And uh, boy, I was, I think the last time we did one of these, we were all against a Kentucky. They were getting ready to go into Tennessee and they, they won that game. And that yeah. looks like a turnaround here. We know what Big Oscar can do. Um, a couple of the transfers are starting to help him out a little bit more. Frederick, Iowa, and Antonio Reeves, who was a big scorer in the uh, Missouri Valley uh, uh, for, at Illinois State. And here he comes, and he is he's scoring some points now. For uh, He scored 23 the other guy for uh, Cal. So all of a sudden, there's, the piece are starting to fit, and a big second-half rally against uh, Georgia. And uh, they won again. The, uh, the Texas A&M one is looking pretty good now, too. And, of course, the Tennessee win. That's three really good wins in a row for Kentucky. Ah, opposed to Kansas. That's three tough-looking losses in a row. And you look at at Kansas here, and they, they had really had some squeakers earlier. They were escaping a lot of these games on the road. They haven't been able to do that uh, lately. So three straight losses, they are tumbling down the rankings right now. Jalen Wilson not getting a lot of uh, consistent help, and his numbers have, have uh, wobbled a little bit lately too. He was a good story this year because uh, he was sort of a role player last year for self, and he had to step up and be the guy this year with all the uh, the uh, players who left after last year, and he generally has done it, but he hasn't gotten as much help in recent games. Uh, Grady Dick, the freshman, has not been shooting the ball quite as well lately. And uh, I think Kansas is in a little bit of trouble here right now, and I'm a little reluctant to buy into Kentucky, but I'll go ahead and do it. I think maybe we're tr- catch Kentucky early. I think they maybe have turned this thing around, and uh, all the momentum is on Kentucky's side. They're going to lay a, be a short favorite. I'd lay a short price with Kentucky here. I really would. Kansas is probably a more offensively potent team than the four games they've beaten in this winning streak, uh, but uh, they're uh, giving up less than 62 points a game. Uh, in this four-game SEC winning streak. So, Bruce is on Kentucky. Uh, one one in the uh, ACC. Uh, Pitt managed to hold on. Uh, not by enough. I had minus three on Wednesday night uh, with the, uh, the the Panthers. They won by two. They turned the ball over with eight seconds to go. Not good. Played Miami. Miami blistered uh, the Knowles down in Tallahassee. They uh, played close enough to uh, cover against uh, Duke on uh, Saturday. So Jim Laranega's team is a covering machine right now. This is a 4 o'clock uh, uh, tip on uh, uh, on ESPNU. 
pit. We're going to say right around a pick em, uh, Bruce. Maybe one point against uh, Miami at the Peterson Event Center in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and these are two teams that will both be in the dance. Okay. Uh, and But a, a little yeah, disappointed in Pitt. Yeah, I liked them too the other day. I liked had the over two with, with Wake Forest. But, yeah, I thought they could cover that number. A little sloppy there. There's a few spread L's after they went on a long streak there of, of winning games and covering games. And after a slow start this season. So Jeff Capel, I think, has really pulled this thing together. Uh, he knew where to go in the portal for some help. Elliot from Marquette, Nelly Cummings from Colgate. Though Cummings has had a couple of games not so good lately. These are Cummings in particular is a big score uh, at uh, at Colgate, um, and he once he started to come around and with Elliot, it started to help. Of course, uh, uh, Blake Henson, the big kid, uh, you know, once upon a time at Ole Miss and is transferred around and been at Iowa State. Um, he is a great shooter for a big guy, and he gives them a lot of different options offensively when you've got a guy like him in the lineup. Um, and Jamarius Burton, a transfer, a big guard uh, from uh, from uh, Texas Tech uh, last year. However, I, I think Coach L's got something going here. Uh, Nigel Pack, really good. We know, we know the nil story with him. I mean, they're paying him pretty well down there, and he's, he's starting to produce. But the, the, the guy who has really helped uh, Coach L uh, is wow. North Chad Ormier, uh, and and he came from Arkansas State, and he has given them a presence down in the paint, which I was afraid they were going to lack because they lost a lot off of that Elite Eight team last year. And it looks like they got things going. You know, they didn't just beat Florida State the other night. They took them apart. And by the way, Florida State just beat Pitt last week. So um, I think Coach L's got this thing going a bit. And I'm, I'm going to lean to Miami a little bit here. I think this is a team to watch. And we've seen, we saw Miami do this last year. Once they got hot, they started to roll. Coach L's done that his whole career. And I think this is a time to, to uh, hop on board the uh, hurricane bandwagon. All right. Uh, so Bruce has Miami, uh, Kentucky. Uh, Bruce, what's your range on Miami? Um, as laying maybe a point, point. I can't see them laying more than two. No, yeah, this this game's within two either way, okay. and I I will take Miami. Okay, Kentucky. I can't see them laying more than three three and a half. Um, yep. uh, in that one. All right, Texas is going to be getting uh, around six and a half and seven. You know, like that under the Baylor game. You said uh, as low as in the uh, sort of uh, uh, mid to high thirties. Uh, looking at maybe around a, a one forty under there. Uh, Creighton and Xavier. Refer. Uh, who did you have in that one? Well, actually. Uh, over would be my first okay. call there, and and a little lesser to Xavier. Okay, okay, I like Creighton in that one. You got to lean on a Xavier. You like the over in the early game uh, on Saturday. Providence, Stanford, Nevada, and Seton Hall. So you got a lot of stuff going for you. A little Saturday and Sunday action in college basketball. All right, Bruce Marshall, executive editor of the Good uh, the Gold Sheet, always uh, very thorough and. All 361 uh, Division I teams. For Bruce Marshall, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.